0: Kids First Coming Attractions, before you go out and spend money on that new movie or digital media, make sure to listen to the entire show right here on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We'll take you behind the scenes, interview celebrities, and review new movies, TV shows, and digital releases. Now, here are your hosts from Kids First
1: Coming Attractions.
2: Hello, and welcome to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids Network. I am Benjamin Price, and today we will be talking about Resistorhood, Secret Society of Second Born Royals, and Red Shoes and the Seven Dwarves. First, we're going to hear Ishan's
3: interview with Daniel Roby, founder and CEO of Think Jam. Hi there, I'm Ishan Mani reporting for Kids First, and today I am so excited to be speaking with Mr. Daniel Roby, founder and CEO of Think Jam, an award-winning digital, creative, and PR agency based in central London serving clients in the U.K., U.S., and internationally. Thinkjam's clients include 20th Century Fox, Universal Pictures, Warner Brothers, Virgin Media, and Icon Film Distribution. Thank you so much, Mr. Roby, for taking the time to speak with me today. Nice to be here. Thank you for having me. Thinkjam was a two-person startup 20 years ago without investment, and it's grown to an international award-winning agency. So what drove you to create Think Jam and what made you think the time was right to start your own company?
4: It's a good question to kick off with. Um, and it's probably one that's quite prominent um, to what, what, what we're going through today. Um, I was actually made redundant. Um, so I was actually working for creative agency in the film space. Um, and I had certain ambitions to pursue digital, PR, comms, and all sorts. And the agency had different views to focus on um, film posters, film trailers, and creative. So I left, um, realized that I didn't want to work for someone else, realized I had quite good ideas, ambition, hunger, and I, and I started my own company. There, there's, there's never a right time to start your own company, but being made redundant is a really good time.
3: <laughs> of course, and evidently, you've been incredibly successful uh, in ThinkJam.
4: Yeah, thank you. Now it's been a it's been a it's been a hairy ride. It's been a bit of a <laughs> roller coaster, but um, but that's part of the fun. You go with the you go with the ebbs and flows, and and that's that's what we control now. For sure.
3: So, when is ThinkJam a public relations company, and when is it a marketing company?
4: Um, it, it's it's it's. It's an interesting question because we're not really a public relations company at all, actually. Um, we're a comms company, and by that I mean we used to s- specifically focus on PR, specifically digital PR, but that very rapidly changed from PR, digital, offline, social, now influencer marketing, events, experiential, although they're not coming back for a while. Um, and all of that sits under a comms umbrella, which all of that sits under a marketing umbrella. So we define ourselves as, um, I guess it depends on who you talk to, but we define, we define ourselves as a marketing company primarily. And within marketing, we've got different facets. We've got our comms team, which covers PR, social, influence, and marketing. We've got our creative team, which covers content and creation. And then we've got sort of the team that sits in the middle, which is strategy where we are analyzing audiences, inventing ideas, and ideating, which, which feeds the other two parts.
3: Got it. So marketing is a very packed industry. So what sets Thinkjam apart from its
4: competitors? I think it's, I think it's simple. Um, I'd like to think it's simple. I think it's, um, and I think it's with any business. Business is about depth as much as it's about breadth. And Thinkjam's depth is entertainment and that's what we've stuck to and that's what we stayed true to we could have diversified our portfolio to brands to fmcg to fashion and so on and we do work for those clients we do some amazing work for those clients but actually they come to us because they love our expertise in entertainment staying true to that uh, expertise has has bode well for us it means that within the film industry tv industry we have a strong reputation. We deliver good work. We, we know the media. We know what we're talking about. And then for, for non-entertainment companies, they come to us because of that expertise, and we help them, I guess, entertain an audience. So the, the competitor advantage we have is staying very true to the expertise that we've built.
3: I can tell that you're a marketing man. You definitely convinced me. <laughs> I try. I <laughs> try. You're listening to Kids First Coming
2: Attractions on the Voice America Kids Network. Today we're talking about Secret Society, Second Born Royals, and Red Shoes and the Seven Dwarfs. And right now we're going to continue hearing Ishan's interview with Daniel Roby, founder and CEO of StinkJam.
3: So we represent some of the biggest companies of the world: Virgin Media, Fox. As I've said, in this industry, which is characterized by its volatility and being ever-changing. So, what are some of the most interesting projects you've taken on?
4: It's a good question. we do We are fortunate. We work for a number of really big, big, big businesses. Um, the most interesting projects that we take on are the hardest projects. They're the ones where maybe the client doesn't know what they want. maybe it's a new property. maybe we're launching something from scratch. Maybe it's logistically complicated. I think something that's very important from ThinkJam from the earlier days was really developing a niche and and understanding the niche in franchises. So launching franchise properties, which is not just launching one thing, it's how you communicate to an audience and perpetually market to them. So we've been fortunate enough to work on things like Twilight and Hobbit and Hunger Games and the Harry Potter movies. And, you know, they're interesting because... Times change, the audience change, the complexity changes, and we've got to stay on our toes. We've got to stay really agile and really creative. They're, they're the good ones. Um, we like taking on projects that other companies may have I mean, uh, may not have done so well, and we're fixing problems. Um, and I think the other thing to add that we've got very deep relationships with our clients, and those relationships are super important because there's a trust. Um, there's a shorthand and we collaborate with our clients so though we can make the projects more interesting we can make them more exciting because there's a there's a good bond of relations where we, which we've built up for a long period of time
3: yeah i definitely think that the relationship that a company has to a client is very important and i think sure, uh, yeah. that's great that ThinkGem establishes that bond So you're known as a technological thought leader with many published articles that outline your vision for the future. So can you give us a look into that crystal ball and your predictions about the future of PR
4: and marketing? Um, Yeah, I mean, we, as a marketing agency, we spend a lot of time with our clients creating content and um, versioning content, which is changing the language of things, creating marketing materials that are specific to local countries or local trends or local nuances so actually recently I've been investing heavily in this space um, I think it's I think it is a big part of the future um, automation um, AI how we can be receiving marketing content that's relevant to us a lot of the big players are doing it and have done it very very well for many years but it's not so easily accessible to many um, other companies and brands. So what we've been doing is investing in that tech and building that tech quietly in the background, which I foresee a world where creativity and technology and automation excuse me, come together to give certainly uh, our, our clients and the, the, the depth of clients that we've got, the tools to uh, make, make better materials. We're seeing a lot of clients build teams in house, so a lot of in-housing is happening. We're seeing tons of freelancers and creators and some people doing amazing, amazing work. I'm sure you see see this stuff and probably even create some yourself. But, but finding the technology and the intelligence to get that content to the masses is, is really what we're working very hard on.
3: Of course, yeah. And I'm sure the current events, things that are going on right now in a time like 2020 also will uh, make some pretty big changes.
4: Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a valid point. Um, Everyone needs to do things more efficiently, save time, as well as clearly saving money. Um, But there's more with social media and the growth of social media. There's more content being created. So there's never been such a good time to focus on that area.
3: Of course, yeah. And kind of going along the, uh, the track of technology, there are so many avenues to marketing in a time like the 21st century, thanks to all the great technology we have around us. So how do you select the right combination of tech for your clients or the right combination of marketing for your clients?
4: You've got to experience tech, know tech, and and play with the tech. Um, there's no real or right answer. There is understanding, most importantly, understanding what you need to do as a goal. What's your KPI? What are you trying to achieve? Who are you trying to get to? How, who are you trying to engage with? Um, so you've got to pick the right tech and platform and and whether that's a social platform or an automation piece of technology or marketing tech, um, you've got to pick the right thing to get to the right audience. I think it comes down to making sure that you hit, hit your ROI, hit your goals. Um, how, How do I make sure that that dollar that I spend hits that audience in, in the most efficient and effective way? Definitely.
3: Thanks so much for talking with us today, Daniel. You've given us a lot of food for thought. Let's take a break. I'm Benjamin Price, and
2: you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today's show is sponsored by Gigantosaurus, Season 1, Volume 1.
5: Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. To become a
0: Kids First film critic, visit our website to find out when the next audition takes place.
3: For teens, by teens, and about teens, tune into the uncensored and unedited discussions with young adults on Express Yourself every Sunday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time and 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Smart, tenacious teen hosts and reporters from around the country speak up and speak out. Express Yourself. Visit the website for the show to find out more at expressyourselfteenradio.com and check out the show on the Voice America Empowerment Channel every Sunday.
6: your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com
0: You are tuned into Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Shh! Turn your phone off. Another film review or celebrity interview is coming up.
2: Hey, welcome back. I'm Benjamin Price, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attraction. We just finished hearing Ishan's interview with Daniel Roby, founder and CEO of ThinkJam, And right now, we're going to switch gears and listen to Natalia's interview with director CJ Krim and actor Dallas Chisholm from the new film *Resisterhood*.
1: sisterhood Hello, I am Natalia Jackson, reporting from Kids First. Today, I have the honor to catch up with CJ Krim, producer and director of *Resisterhood*. sisterhood a film about the power of women, hope, and resistance in modern American politics. Can I say the silence has been broken, and it is such an inspiring story in an extraordinary time. Congratulations, Best Documentary and People Choice Awards of the Twenty Twenty One Race Human Race International Film Festival. Let's also welcome Dallas Chisholm, 13-year-old, who is also Margaret Morrison's great-great-grandnephew, who is also featured in the film. Welcome to the both of you. First and foremost, Cheryl, what was your initial goal for capturing these inspiring stories of six incredibly different from all different backgrounds women who worked tirelessly to enact change in the community and protect our civil rights and to motivate others?
6: Well, I really wanted to I wanted to amplify the voices of people who are out there who really wanted to work together to bring a positive change to the country. After the election in 2016, a lot of us were really feeling like our country was taking a shift in the really wrong direction. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to find people, everyday people, grassroots people who were standing up and saying, this is not the country we believe in and we're going to Mm -hmm. work together and make our voices heard and make a difference. I
1: definitely agree. I think Reese's Sisterhood gave us a perspective through so many different women and how their personal lives affected them to make a change. And many of them ran for either congresswoman or just city council. So inspiring and motivational. And in what way did working on this film change you as a person? And what did you learn
6: from this experience? Wow, that's a really great question. I have to say, I have changed in so many ways and becoming mm-hmm. so intimately involved in the lives of the people in the film. Mm-hmm. I learned to see the world through their eyes much more than I yeah. ever had before. And I, I, and that was such a gift. And these people are so in Dallas included these Everyone was so open and willing to let me follow them around with a camera for two years. <laughs> and so um, so that really changed me. And I hope that people are changed by, by seeing their stories in the film. It was really a journey uh, following their journey. And uh, it was a journey for me because I learned so much. The other thing that was so inspiring for me, and Resistorhood would never have been made if it wasn't for the generosity of people coming forward who believed in the mission of the film and said we want to help whether it was fundraising Mm -hmm. volunteering to shoot for a day designing the logo painting this painting that's behind me so many people just stepped up and said how can we help and that to me was so inspiring it was a community effort it really did take a resistor hood to make it happen
1: it really did. And one of my favorite things about this film is actually the fact that you gave us a day-by-day effect on President Trump's 2016 election. I got to see so many things occur, and it was just day 236, day two. It really took you through the process. And it was a perfect timeline of what they were doing in their community, which is one of my favorite things about it. And that's not all. I mean, I love getting to see it through their eyes and just even seeing her knock on the door, you know, Mimi and this telling everyone that she is running, that was pretty awesome, too. I love getting to see that. And that experience when she ran into a Republican's home, she expected something bad that would come out of that, but she actually had a nice, respectful conversation with the lady, and they both came to an agreement that they want to have peace and unity in their communities and not hatred and fighting. So I, I just love that scene very much. And to continue, Dallas, as the great-great-nephew of Margaret Morrison – how important do you think it is for adults to talk to their children about making a change?
7: Well, as you know, we're the next generation, and we need mm-hmm. people to inspire us and motivate us to um, lead this country into the right direction. And mm-hmm. we have, we obviously do have the power to uh, go in that right direction. And um, yeah.
1: I agree. I mean, we are the next generation, and just like Joanna said, Joanna Loman, who was also featured in the film, she said, "If we cannot make a change right now, we need to make a change for those who come behind us." And that was a great saying, and I think we can all keep that in mind through these hectic times that we're going through. So I think that relates to what you just said.
2: You're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids Network. Today we're talking about Secret Society of Second Born Royals and Red Shoes and the Seven Doors. But right now. We're going to finish hearing Natalia's interview with director C.J. Krim and actor Dallas Chisholm of the new film Resister.
1: And along with that, Dallas, how did it feel to be surrounded by such powerful women who are considered role models and leaders?
7: Well, they were so inspiring around me. I mean, there's so many of them. And when I Mm -hmm. finally got to meet some of them, it was like, wow, these women are actually real, you know? So, yeah, you you see them in if you ever see them in the movie, you know, it's like if you ever do meet them in person, it's like, wow, they're real. You know, they're actually trying to make a difference in their community and they Mm -hmm. actually want to help everyone else, you know. And uh, yes, of
1: course, of course, they're real. They're here and they're making a change. So great advice there to let everyone know that if you meet them in real person, you know, they are the real ones here to make a change and encouraging others to do so as well. To continue Cheryl, what is the moment of highest tension when you feel the solution come to the problem in sight
6: Oh let's see the highest tension there are a lot of tense times in the in the film um, one of the times when I was a little bit nervous I was driving downtown with Margaret Dallas's uh, mm-hmm. um, great Aunt and we were going to the second Unite the Right rally. We were going to mm-hmm. the counter protests. And that was that was the rally of the year on the year anniversary of the of the rally in Charlottesville that actually killed mm-hmm. Heather Heyer and and um, and we didn't know what we were going into. And here I am with Margaret, I think at the time was eighty three years old and she wanted to be there. She's like, I I have to put my life on the line the way she did in the march from selma to montgomery and so we were driving down and i interviewed her in in the car and she's saying you know i i don't know what i'm going to see down there i am afraid but i still have to go and so that that was i was nervous as a director putting her in that spot as well as myself but really putting her there but the the beautiful thing was once we went like 20 people showed up from the alt-right and okay. thousands of people showed up on the other side. Yeah. So that was the beautiful message. And that's really what it's all about. The people who are really hateful and trying to destroy this country, are, there aren't very many of them. There are so many more of us. And so I guess that in a nutshell kind of takes you to what the film is all about. You know, we have power and we, have, mm-hmm. you know, we, ha- we just have to stand up and use it. Yes. And it's, I think I just brought up a moment where
1: you were just telling me that she didn't know what to expect, but she had to go. I remember one scene where Margaret was letting Dallas know Dallas was like, why? Why do you do these things? And then she was all like, well, I don't know why I just have to do it. I mean, it's just a part of history. And it'll always be so it's just a thing that I have to do. So it just kind of reminded me when you just said that and it's just all these things are popping up from when I watched the film so powerful and inspirational. And I I love seeing the perspectives of women representing LGBTQ+, you know, the Muslim and black communities. What made you choose Joanna Lohman, Mimi Hassanine, and Margaret Morrison as the spokes speakers in your film?
6: Well, I think you will agree. They turned out to be really good spokeswomen. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, It was really, uh, we didn't have very much time to find our people. So I have to Mm -hmm. say, I was uh, just just something wonderful that happened that we, we were able to meet these people. Um, and it was to, it, right when we heard that the, the Women's March was coming up, it came from the, in an idea, I think, that was posted on Facebook mm-hmm. to people actually marching in a month. Mm-hmm. So it was a very yeah. short amount of time. So we just started asking everybody, you know, do you know anybody? We wanted to represent certain groups that we thought were at risk and mm-hmm. um, well, that we knew were from specifically from what John, Donald Trump had said as he was running as a candidate. And so, you know, the just a really quick funny story, we actually found Joanna Loman on a zip line course. <laughs> I was working with someone at the time who was with her kids on a zip line course. She she zipped from one and one tree to another and got a mm-hmm. phone call and the phone call was from her best friend who just found out she had breast cancer. And so my my friend Julie who was she was on the phone and she started to cry and Joanna zipped up after her landed on the platform and said, are you okay? What's wrong? As Joanna would, not everybody would, but Joanna, just one of the, one of the most thoughtful, lovely, Mm -hmm. wonderful people of the world started talking to her and they, you know, and they just, had a moment up on the zipline stand and Julie got her email and said, we're, we're doing this documentary. Would you be interested? So that's how we found Joanna pretty wild story, but you know, it was just meant to be.
1: It was. And like you said, in the beginning, wonderful spokespeople for this film, they all had different stories. They all came from different pure natures. And I love that about this. So thank you for sharing that incredibly funny story with me to continue. Dylan, Dallas. Um, of the many feelings expressed in this film, which did you relate to, and which could you really connect to?
7: Um, well, a theme in the movie was kind of like, "Can I do it?" You know, what what can I mm-hmm. do to make this happen, right? Yeah. I took I took like a lot of that, you know, of that kind of mm-hmm. you know per se vibe and put it yeah. kind of into my own life. You know, in terms of like going to school, getting good grades. And I play sports, so I would try and do my best in, like, sports and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. And just, like, how can I make this happen? What do I need to do? I I have the determination, and I have all these people around me that are very inspiring. So, obviously, Mm -hmm. I had to give it my all. And they gave it their all when it was, like, their time to shine, you know? So Yes, it sure was. Yeah.
1: Along with that, what advice do you have for youth who want to make a change?
7: Um wow (laughs) i don't really know i mean like just put your best like put your best effort into everything you do because if you don't you may end up regretting not going 100 percent on this one thing you know so try -hmm. not to live with any regrets you know try and do everything before like before you get too old you know before you can't do it So I, I'm yes. just trying to keep that kind of mentality in my brain to just go out and do something, you know? Cause I just yes. wanna, yeah, something like that, yeah.
1: Overall, basically what you're trying to say is keep determined and don't wait for it to happen, make it happen. Yes. And that is what all these young ladies have done. So great piece of advice from Dallas here. Thank you so much. And lastly, Cheryl, give me three words to
6: describe this film. Three words, well, I hope it's inspirational, Joyful and determined.
1: Yes. Got to keep that word in there. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you both so much for taking the time to speak with me. This is Natalie Jackson from Pretty Fruit Kids First, and I've just spoken to CJ Krim, producer and director of the upcoming film Re-Sisterhood, as well as Dallas. So thank you so much both for speaking with me, and stay safe. Thank you. It was
7: thank great you. To-
2: Let's take a break. I'm Benjamin Price, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attraction. Today's show is sponsored by Gigantosaurus Season 1, Volume 1.
6: Voice America is on your favorite smart speaker. If you have Alexa or Google Home, go ahead and give us a try. Hey, Alexa,
2: play Finding Your Frequency podcast on TuneIn.
0: On the Right Road with host Paula Phillips has arrived at Voice America. With remarkable heart and realness, this popular program brings inspiration, ideas, opportunities, and help to teachers and parents around the globe who work daily to guide kids on the right road in school and in life. Join the Right Road family of kindness, uplifting, and support. Tune in to On the Right Road, live every first and third Sunday at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern, on the Voice America Empowerment Channel.
3: Find out what makes
2: the most successful people tick. Keep listening to the Voice America Empowerment Channel. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are tuned
0: into Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Shh! Turn your phone off. Another film review or celebrity interview is coming up.
2: Hey, welcome back. I'm Benjamin Price, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. We just finished hearing Natalia's interview with some of the directors and star of Resisterhood. And right now we're going to switch gears and hear my, my interview with actors Peyton Elizabeth Lee and Noah Lomax of the new Disney Plus original, Secret Society of Second Born Royals. Hello, this is Benjamin Price reporting for Kids First, and today I'll be interviewing Peyton Elizabeth Lee and Noah Lomax, who play Sam and Mike in the new Disney Plus original Secret Society of Second Born Royals, three times in a row now. <laughs> um, how'd you both get involved with this project?
1: Yeah,
8: so I read the script um, almost two years ago now, um and i immediately fell in love with the character and um and the story and its relatable themes and then i met with the writers and um i worked with them a little bit on the script and then i sort of became a part of the project and then um we got anna mastro our amazing director and then we started casting it, and that's when Noah came into the picture. That's
5: right. I had a self-tape I had to do. And I uh, try not to get too attached to, like, projects that I get auditions for that I really, really like, uh, just because I don't want to get, you know, my hopes up and then get let down because they didn't like me or something. But uh, fortunately, they liked me, so I got a chemistry with Peyton L.A., and then we met there, and uh, right away we just clicked. So it's just, I mean, the chemistry you see on screen is just, just as, you know— I don't know we're, we're very close i'll just say that <laughs> there's a scene early on in the film where both your
2: characters have this musical performance how did you both prepare for that sequence and how much fun was it to do
5: yeah so i had no instrument or music experience before this so i had to get a lot of lessons to learn how to play the drums and um me and Peyton tried our best to look like we knew what we were doing. <laughs> um, I hope it came off that way, uh, but it was just fun trying to take a crack at it.
8: Yeah, we worked on it a lot. Um, both Noah and I had music lessons for guitar and also drums, and I also had singing lessons, and you know, we both didn't really know what we were doing, but we did our best, and I think it turned out pretty well
2: yeah that's what he said right the key is to making it look like you know what you're doing exactly. that's half the battle
5: uh what know.
2: lessons are you hoping audiences will take away from this
5: film
8: Yeah, I mean, I don't really like to, like, I don't want to, like, tell people how to perceive the movie. Um, But I think at least something I got from it was this theme of inclusivity and the importance of people coming together, not despite, but because of our differences. You know, I think um, all the members of the secret society have these superpowers. But I think um, the real life equivalent to superpowers is, you know, our individuality and the things that make us different. And we see in the film, we see, um, you know, the different members of the society coming together and um, learning about one another and appreciating each other's differences. And that's something that I really would like to see happen more in our world, especially in this time. So hopefully that is the theme that that rings true for other people and that other people, that audiences strive to achieve.
5: Yeah, there's so many underlying themes in this movie, um, like self-empowerment and, like Peyton said, inclusivity. But uh, one that I hope people kind of pick up on is just, um, Mike is such a loyal friend to Sam and he's just always there for her. So I feel like, you know, young kids can pick up on that as well, just how to be a loyal friend and be there for someone um, when they really need it. And lastly, so far on this press
2: tour, what's one question you thought you'd get that nobody's asked yet?
8: Ooh, that's a great question. Really? Thank you. you. Um, I I feel like more people were going to ask me if I sing. Because (laughs) I sing in the movie, but I definitely do not sing in real life. Um, And like, that was a big conversation that was happening a lot while we were filming and stuff. Is like, is it going to be me singing? Will we bring someone in to sing? To and then like, I'll just, um, like, like lip sync. Um, but that question hasn't come up yet. Doing interviews, so. Yeah.
5: Um, for me, honestly, I feel like it's a, It was a great question. I just can't think of uh one specifically for me. Maybe just. What the movie is about in general, I haven't had to uh, answer that one on the spot quite yet, which uh, is a little surprising, but I'm fine with it. Just explain
8: the
2: entire plot. Yeah. The whole synopsis. How do you fit this synopsis into five minutes? Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Uh, All right. Well, thank you both so much for talking with me today.
8: Yeah, of course. Thank you.
2: Really uh, make sure to check out Secret Society of Second Born Royals on Disney Plus, September 25th. You're listening to the Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids Network. Today we're talking about, we've been hearing about Resisterhood. And next we'll hear about Red Shoes and the Seven Dwarfs. But right now we're going to switch gears from the last interview on Secret Society of Second Born Royals. And hear my interview with Niles Fitch, Isabella Blake Thomas. Olivia Diebel, and Failey Rakitavana, who all are uh, in the new Disney Plus original, Secret Society of Second Born Royals. Hello, this is Benjamin Price reporting for Kids First, and today I'll be interviewing Niles Fitch and Isabella Blake Thomas, who played Tuma in January in the new Disney Plus original, Secret Society of Second Born Royals. Twice in a row got that right. <laughs> <laughs> um mr fitch your character in the film befriends a dog named charlie can you talk a little bit about your experience working with the dog as a scene partner
9: okay uh first of all you don't even gotta call me mr fitch you got me feeling old <laughs> <laughs> but uh nah charlie was super cool uh i was kind of nervous because charlie's a big dog like i don't even think they like he's big uh and i was really nervous when first meeting him because all the pictures they showed me you know, I just saw like, you know, it'd be like him with his mouth open. So I'm seeing like all his teeth are like, you know, him running. And so I'm like, geez, this is like some superhero dog. But, uh, you know, when meeting him, he was like, it was a really calm dog. We got along. And like, even I think some of the scenes that are in the movie are scenes that just happened because I was just playing with the dog. And they were like, oh, let's let's, let's bring the camera on now. So having, you know, having Charlie was a blast.
2: That's Awesome. So, Miss Blake Thomas, I read that you've you been trying- I'm you sorry. Don't I'm. Don't I. I- okay. This is
10: how I put them on the cards. I. <laughs> no, I love it. It's so official. I love it. But we're not quite old enough. We're not adults yet. We're not adults yet.
9: <laughs> the same age as you. <laughs>
10: <laughs> I read that you'd been
2: trying to acquire a private pilot's license. Can you talk a little bit about what made you pursue uh, that, and how has that process been going so far?
10: Look at you and your research. Um, Yeah, no, it's been going really well. I mean, I'm looking forward to getting back to flying kind of now everything's opening up again. Um, I've been training to get my license for a while. It's a lot of hours to kind of accumulate, um, especially as like it's not just the going up and getting the hour, the kind of time to get into the airport and the lesson and then the going up and then the time that goes into it for studying all the books. It's there's a lot of information to kind of remember and retain uh, but it's been going really well. I mean, I'm excited to get my license. I'll definitely, I mean, I say definitely, I hopefully will have it in the next six months uh, with the hours I'm trying to accumulate and be able to to fly on my own, which will be quite fun.
5: Very
2: cool. Um, and I'm curious for the both of you, which superhero team would you most want to see the Secret Society team up with?
10: Oh, You've got a
2: lot of choices.
10: Yeah. Well, superhero team, for me... I would say uh, I mean they're not Disney so I don't know I mean I'm just picking them but like Kingsman I think that would be really really interesting. Mm. I would love to see the how the fact that they don't have superpowers but they're just very good at what they do combined with us who are who have our powers
9: that would be a boss movie first of all uh, and then uh, I, I'd probably go with um, like the Avengers Thank mm-hmm. you? to work with the Avengers and that's even Disney so I should get points for that
2: (laughs) keeping it under the um, Disney umbrella yeah Yeah.
9: keeping it in the family
2: (laughs) All right, well thank you both so much for talking with me today
10: thank you so much have a wonderful day
2: let's take a break I'm Benjamin Price and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions today's show is sponsored by Gigantosaurus season 1 volume 1
0: Consumers.
6: Join the Voice America Empowerment Channel every Sunday afternoon for the Empowered Kids Series. It's two hours of programming geared toward our younger listeners and our young at heart listeners. We kick things off with Express Yourself Teen Radio at 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern. Then keep up with your favorite movies on kids' first coming attractions at 4 Pacific, 7 Eastern. The Empowered Kids Series, every Sunday on Voice America Empowerment.
0: It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are tuned into Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Shh! Turn your phone off. Another film review or celebrity interview is coming up.
2: Hey, welcome back. I'm Benjamin Price, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attraction. We've been hearing about sisterhood, and we just heard from some of the cast of Secret Society of Second Born Royal. Next, we'll be hearing Zoe's interview with Shane Maestro, animator on Red Shoes and the Seven Dwarfs.
0: Today is a good day to break a curse and to talk about animation. I'm Zoe and today I'm going to be talking with Jaime Maestro, one of the animators of Red Shoes and the Seven Dwarves. Welcome to Kids First and Zoe the Movies. Hi Jaime Maestro, how are you?
11: Hey, hello. Fine, fine, thank you.
0: Red Shoes and the Seven Dwarfs is a very engaging story and it has a lot of good messages. So how was it working on this film?
11: Oh, it was, it was really cool working on that project because we had well, we had the chance to work with Jin Kim, who is one of the greatest names in the industry. And, and every note, every comment had a super high quality. And for us, it was great to, to work in that, in that project. And the, 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 the main theme was, was really, really interesting for us. So it was, it was really fun.
0: Yeah, and I noticed throughout the film, there's like references from Tangled and The Wizard of Oz and Snow White. So which one of these is like your favorite fantasy?
11: Which one of these? Uh, it's hard to choose one of them. I think everyone has, or each one of them has a, a very good stuff inside. So it's hard. Uh, to me, it's, it's really hard to, to choose maybe the fantasy inside all, all this world and and that that kind of things.
0: Was it hard to create the look of red shoes?
11: Always in animation it's a bit hard to create because you have to start from scratch. You have nothing. And you have to imagine everything from the shapes of the leaves in the trees uh, or or the, every character. So so well, I think Locus and, and Jinking team and, and Mr. Hong they, they they made a great a great team working on the on the on the visuals of the of the project.
0: Yeah and I know I love the wooden characters like the bunnies. Was it hard to animate um, those with all like the textures and stuff?
11: Yeah well the bunnies and um, the bunnies are the little trees they are like a fresh air in the animation because they are so limited that you have to think in different things when you when you animate Compared with a with a main character or, or a or more complex character like a humor or the or the the or well, the little trolls the 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 little characters so that was that was really funny working with them really fun so for us it was it was really 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 cool.
0: Yeah, and I love them. Um, oh, like the little bunnies, they were so cute. And one of my yeah. favorites.
11: <laughs> Um, yeah, and they, they have that, that little, it's like the comedy inside the, inside the film. So when, when you have, as an animator, you have to animate them. It's like, a, it's a great opportunity to, to work and, and laugh at the same time. So that's, that's great.
2: You were listening to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids Network. Today we're talking about films like Resisterhood and Secret Society of Secondborn Royals. And right now we're gonna hear the rest of Zoe's interview with Shane Maestro, animator on Red Shoes and the Seven Dwarfs.
0: Yes, and I love the look of the whole movie. It's almost modern and classic at the same time. Was it hard to achieve that sort of look for the film?
11: No, I, I, don't think, I don't think so, I don't think so. I think there are great artists in the, in the, in the film. And and they know what what to do and how how to achieve that that quality. It takes time. It takes it takes a lot of work, working on or around every 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 single decision. But I I, I don't think it was really really difficult to achieve that.
0: Was there a character that you um, really liked animating, or which one was like your favorite out
11: of all of them? Well, I I think well Red Shoes was the 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 more interesting character to to animate because she has like two different shapes if you have seen the, the, the film and and you have to take care everything uh, with with her so it's like her size with this character but you have to to keep the main isn't essence of the of the character when you are animating the thinner uh, character and 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 I think she was the, the most the most interesting uh, character to animate.
0: Yeah, and I love that this film really shows that beauty's on the inside. And I feel like social media and also traditional fantasy stories um, used to show like in Disney princesses are like so perfect. But why exactly. do you think this message is so important for kids?
11: I think this is a a little step forward, like for mm-hmm. the that classical princes where they, they they have that stereotypes where, where they have to, to to have, no? So it's like okay, there are many different shapes for men and women and girls and boys. And well that's all for all of them they are right. So it's like you don't have to be on that on that kind of uh, of shape or or, or well you, you can be as you are. So as 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 long as you are healthy. So that's, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, thank you
0: so much for talking with me. I had such a fun time talking about this amazing film. I loved it so much and congratulations.
11: Hey, thank you. Thank you.
0: Don't miss Red in the Seven Dwarfs on digital and on demand and Home and Castles far, far away on September 18th on Blu-ray and on DVD on September 22nd. Bye everyone. And make sure to check out some other Kids first reviewers and reporters on this channel.
2: Bye. Thanks so much for joining us. You've been listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. To watch our latest reviews of the latest films, DVDs, TV shows, music, and ads, to learn how you can join our Kids First Film Creative team, go to www.kidsfirst.org. Be sure to check out our blog in the teen section of the Huffington Post, and check out our YouTube channel. You can get there easily from our homepage at kidsfirst.org. This show is produced by the Coalition. For quality children's media for the Voice American Kids Network. Today's show is sponsored by Gigantosaurus Season 1, Volume 1. I'm Benjamin Price. Thanks for listening. Have a good day.